The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of The Mind Pump. The Mind Pump. Well, we have a short intro. We talk about musicals, uh, making of a murderer. This is a show on Netflix that Adam is Have you guys not with. watched it? You uh, really uh, caught up to that. Yeah, yeah I'm no, just, just getting caught up. It. I started watching uh, House of Cards again. That's oh. pretty good. Yeah. Without, without, without yeah. Kevin Spacey? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, first, first season. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, because yeah, uh, they just released that, though. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then we talk about U.S. prisons. But then we get into the topic at hand, which is... How to get in shape uh, at home, like when you don't have equipment, how to get in shape on the road. You know, what do you do? What do, what do people who don't have access to a gym do for fitness? Is it really a disadvantage? Can you turn it into an advantage? We cover all the nuances about it, and we talk mm-hmm. about strategies for training without equipment and some of the benefits um, and some of the de- detriments. And what kind of the shenanigans are out there in the market right now that you should sort of uh, really filter your way through. That's right. I mean, this is the reason why we created our Maps Anywhere program. You know, we created that program at the time. That's in the beginning of creating our Maps programs. We wanted to create one that answered the the question that we would often get where people were like, hey, what about these at-home workout programs? I don't like going to the gym. Your workout programs require barbells, dumbbells, and sometimes machines. Like, what about us? Like, what can we do? Yeah. And so we went off and we designed uh, Maps Anywhere, and uh, it's a program without equipment that's extremely effective. We programmed this workout with our expertise, knowing that some people would get advanced to this program because one of the detriments to at-home workouts is they're not very good once you get past a certain point of fitness. Mm-hmm. Well, with Maps Anywhere, we have what are called AMP sessions that you can dramatically increase the intensity of workout as you become more fit. So it's very scalable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maps Anywhere, we reshot all the videos, redid all the blueprints, so it's all brand new, looks clean, looks amazing. And then to celebrate, it's half off. So Maps Anywhere now is 50% off all month long. But to get the 50% off, you got to go to mapswhite.com and you have to use the code white50. So that's W H I T E. The number 50 without a space at checkout for the discount. Um, and that's pretty much it. So here we go. We get into talking about working out without equipment. Let's go. Boom. You know what's cool about music, Justin? Yeah, I do know. It's that cool there's music. a distinct sound to decades of music. And so what I mean oh, by yeah. that is like there's a 90s alternative music voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the whole alternative kind of scene. I mean, that was that was like a huge, huge part of my childhood. I mean, I I remember that like sound and, and the way that they would just come up with riffs and stuff. It was all like this collective thought process. That's what I mean. It's like like the Eddie Edder, Eddie Vedder ish sound. Yeah. To the voice, the quality. And then immediately everybody else. You knew when it was gone when somebody tried to literally fabricate like Eddie Vedder. And like you get something like a Creed or oh right, yeah you know it's like oh, okay it's done but what's that what's that quality Justin you do it pretty well 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah hungry. That's that's a, Oh yeah. That's a that's nineties rock. That's nineties. Yeah. Like automatically yeah. you know that that's a nineties uh Down song. in a hole. Yeah, see? I, I yeah. still love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like it's a little bit progressed from like Bob Seeger, you know? Like, cause he had sort of that, like, uh, I don't know, that sort of like gravelly kind of voice. And then that kind of carried into rock. And, do do yeah. you know who can sing really well? Hmm. Uh, the dude in A Star is Born. Can't remember his name now. Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Well, is that know, really his voice? That's his voice. Okay. So speaking of Eddie Vedder, he coached him for that movie. You know that? Oh, my. I didn't know. Yeah. I know he had. Gu- I did not know. I know yeah. he had guitar lessons. Yeah, he, like Eddie Vedder took him through like all the tricks and of the trade as far as like you know singing and vocals Dude, and all that goes. Jessica's been listening to the soundtrack to that movie incessantly yeah. for the past I don't know how many days since we watched the movie, and she found out all the facts about it, and that's his actual voice. And he sounds like a good dude. How silly singer. is that? Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and get Eddie Vedder to help me. You yeah, know what I mean, like you asshole. Yeah, but that, what's even sillier than that is you have a guy like Bradley Cooper, who's arguably one well, of the most handsome men. Yeah, I know. And then and oh, then he sings. On he top can of act. That. Oh yeah. yeah, and he can just sing whenever he wants. Well, most of those. Someone yeah. made a deal with most the devil. of your like really so. really big you know Hollywood stars. Or at least they were. A lot of them came from Broadway. Yeah. You used Mo- to be able to have to do all of it. Yeah, you used dance to have to be able to dance, sing. sing did Bradley come from Broadway? I'm sure he did. I bet if you looked him up, I bet he came from there. Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised. A, lo- a lot of them have. That's Hugh what- Jackman, same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did an excellent job in like, Les Miserables. Show- uh, yeah, did you guys watch Les Miserables? Greatest Showman was even better. That was good, too. Yeah. But have you guys seen Les Mis? No. Oh, man. No. You guys need more I've culture. I've seen it like, in person. <laughs> no, you need more manly movies yeah. in your life. Uh <laughs> You know what? You, you need, just, you need more just, predator. This is how I know you've never seen the movie. It is extru- It is a, a, one of the most manly movies you'll ever watch. Oh, yeah? Yes. La Revolution! Yes. Oh, you watched the play? Yeah. Oh, man. What a great story. What a brilliant, brilliantly written story about uh, struggle, about God, about war. Um, I mean, all of it tied together at the end. You're just like, wow, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. It's yeah, really good. I, I thought it was like, cool you know like uh, what I, I didn't really feel that passionate about it but really? yeah it was good <laughs> you just you weren't open yeah <laughs> i can you know what this is justin by the way let me just i'm gonna do a little adam you let me know if you think this is accurate this is justin watching a musical i'm not gonna feel <laughs> <You know? laughs> fighting, don't let it happen fighting back the tears just yeah. fighting oh. <laughs> then, when he, then afterwards he's like i don't like it that much yeah <laughs> So, yeah, that was that was not that great. Yeah, I didn't feel yeah, bad. It was okay. I felt it was okay. Nothing. It was all right. I want to go watch an opera. Yeah. What what's the what's the most chickish movie that you like? Oh, that's like stereotypical. Yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Mm, that is a good because there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, yeah, for you, we could be here all day. Yeah. Just, just like, I, I think even... for me, it was probably like Bridesmaids. I thought that movie was hilarious. Yeah, that's that kind of doesn't count chick- though. That's of like, course that counts, no, dude. It's as far as I go. Just because there's all women in it. That's like saying like you know. Yeah, they do a lot of dick. Funny. They do a lot of dick jokes in it. Come on, bro. Yeah, that's that's not a fair. Oh, that's like oh, lesbian oh, porn. Yeah. It's all be, women. It needs to be more. The notebook. No, no, I'm, no, I'm no, not. No. I'm bored. That was a dumb one. I'm sorry. Uh, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia for me. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, really good. 
It's really, really good. Really? Yeah, really good, man. I grew up with ABBA, so. Oh, ABBA's yeah. fucking amazing. They they were the ace of bass before ace of bass. They were ace hey, of bass. I'm just going to throw it back there. Speaking of uh, from the same country? shows, are either one of you uh, watching the Making the Murder Part 2 yet? Oh, my God. I almost started, but I'm still... Still, bro, I binged it last on that night. haunted. Oh my hill god, house. dude! That did hill you house, it? it's so fucking good and scared the bro, fuck out of me last did night. Did you watch the the next two episodes? Yes. Oh, oh. when the kid, tell me how fucking creepy that dude, was, dude. When bro. the kid goes down the what is that thing called? It's not an elevator, but it's uh, like yeah, a. It's like the the food. Uh, yeah, it's called a dumb a dummy elevator or something like that. Yeah, where where back in the, the day, down old house. Yeah, old houses mm-hmm. have like a. It's not an elevator. It's like a box, and you could send it up or down to send people fuck, in big like, houses. Like, fuck you for that. That little, scared the shit out little, of me. First of all, little kid gets in there, and he's, oh, it's an elevator. I want to try this. Now, immediately, I'm like, this is t- where's your parents? Yeah. Never you would let your kid in. <laughs> no. The kid goes well, down. His sister like, like, decides, oh, well, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah, hey, hey, this there. is fun. Yeah. Kid goes down. It's a secret basement no, nobody knows about. Yeah. He's got a flashlight. He's like, uh. He's scared. Of course, the flashlight starts flickering because yeah. it's brilliant what they're doing with that. Yeah, the, dude, the timing and, and the weird they shit make, that came out. Oh, bro, oh, it, it wasn't even that for me. It was the the follow up one where he was like he was peeking out the door and then he sees this. What being. was that thing, dude? The tall, skinny floating dude on, oh. with his cane. When he looks under the bed, like. Fuck! You like, know, I, I I still see that, bro. It makes your oh. it, physically. This is what happens. Oh, like anxiety. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh. It no, sounds no, no, no. like anxiety. Y- yes, but, but it was so good. It's excitement, <laughs> yes. but it's also physically. I've never seen that. Done, Stop though. trying to sell anxiety. Bro, as excitement. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> bro, it's, like, it's, I felt, bril- it's brilliant in the story that they tied so, in all these different kids. So like, well written. Yeah, they. they I I'm convinced they, that people that don't watch scary movies live longer lives. I'm gonna find this. Thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. Just I mean, think about it. If you live in 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 an anxious state a lot. Yeah, yeah, it can't yeah. be good for your health. Yeah. Well, yeah, this could know. be. I might start seeing shit. I'm going to find a study that proves this. That. Could, see, you ask us what's the most like girlyish movie we watch. This is the most girly thing you do. Is you scared of <laughs> that? I don't watch scary movies. <laughs> that's, no, that's sexist. Yeah, I know it is. Very uh, sexist. I know. I know. Yeah. It's, I, no, you know what? That's true because there's a uh, my that's sisters. Very neutral. My dude. sisters love scary movies. Love them yeah. way more than my brother does. Uh, my yeah. brother does not like. He's like you. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> like them. Jessica's like in my armpit the whole time as we're uh, watching it. So you started the making the murder the second one. Yes. Bro, is it like, does it live up to the first one? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, I wow. mean, I loved the first one. It was very compelling. It's this one. So, the first episode, kind of, once I hit number two. So, I watched the first one a couple days ago and uh, I was like, okay, cool. I, I, I want to watch it and I'll, I'll get around to it. And uh, it, it got me enough to where I wanted to continue watching it. Then I hit the second episode. Once I hit the second episode, I must have binged three or four last night. And man, it, I it was it was midnight, and I was like, I gotta. Yeah, bed. how long are they? They're like hours. Yeah, they're hour episodes. You know, I think there's like I don't know. I'm on four, four or five right now, and there's got to be at least eight to twelve. I don't so know. So this is about like uh, like murder cases that. What are say? Whoa, you've never seen the first one? I watched a little bit of the first one. What do you oh. mean a little bit? Yeah, you can't just well, flirt with that. Well, <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. I did. Yeah. Is, I mean, it, it, is it the same case or is it? it yeah, case? it's the same case. Oh, okay. It's still going, dude. Oh, okay. And what last year or the year before they released the kid, or they were gonna release the kid? Sorry, I, I, they were gonna release the kid, and then it got appealed. So uh-huh. there's a lot of shit that's uh, that's gone on in this story, and it is extremely compelling and interesting like and it seems 
I don't know. I go back and forth. That's why I love it. I love it because I'm not even decided on where I stand on it. Like I don't even I don't even want to take a hard stance on I think he's innocent or I think he's guilty. Yeah, that's how they left it at the end. That's the how it, first one. Well, that's good. Like, that's good. Uh, that's good yeah, editing then. Yeah, because you, you when you watch something like that, you don't want to end up otherwise it feels biased. Well, at the end of it you're like, "Oh, for sure he's innocent or for sure." No, he's. so what and the, right. so I was telling Katrina last night, she goes, "You know, what is it that you're, you know, so sucked in last night about? Well, I said, I'm really interested in it. And I'm at a point now because I, I'm not sure. And I kind of don't want to go do my own research yet until I watch the whole thing. Because, you know, if you go on, online, people spoil shit for you or you'll find out other stuff that's going on. It's It's got me sucked in enough to where I want to watch it. Um, but I, what I'm wondering is, and this is this one of those documentaries that is slighted, is have they, have they, chosen a narrative from the very beginning mm-hmm, and yeah. that was the rumor from the first one was you know the d- documentary left out these very um you know compelling parts that made it very obvious he's guilty mm. and they left that out well you know this one they're going through it and they're I-, I see all kinds of stuff that the the other side left out so i'm like fuck well right you know it seems like both sides are leaving out parts well, of the story well, think out. about it this way if you're the the huh. the director for this documentary and you're making it for netflix or whatever and you're getting paid to do it part of your job is to make it compelling and it's not compelling if it's obvious right like the, the part that's compelling about it is people will be debating if they're innocent whatever so it makes sense that the the bias isn't in a direction the bias is more to make it seem hard to decide right. you see what i'm saying yeah unless the director uh you know is out to get someone or out to defend someone like for example if i got accused of a crime it would be brilliant to hire a director and be like, hey, can you film this whole thing but edit it, make it look like I'm totally innocent? Right. So I got public yeah. opinion on my side. I mean, deal. it's, I don't want to, I'm not going to, no spoiler alerts for anybody. Well, that's but how I, I feel that. It's compelling enough to watch. Trust mm-hmm. me, watch it. Watch mm-hmm. it. It'll suck That's you. how I felt that other one was, though. Remember the one where the guy, like, was accused of pushing his wife down the stairs or whatever, like, like, and she uh, died because of, like, head trauma in the back of her head. It looked like that he probably was responsible for, like, like hitting her over the back of the head. Do you remember that series? No. Well? Okay. All. Anyway, the whole thing was like a documentary about it, about him getting, uh, you know, accused of that, and then like they they reveal sort of like that 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 even before that there was a case that he was attached to some lady that like just randomly fell down the stairs, you know, like in another country, and like it was just like it felt to me that he actually hired this team because he's he was a rich guy that like like made money. He was like an author, I think. And uh, like they went through this whole like same thing where they had, they created a documentary around it, but he was kind of I feel like he was trying to control the narrative as far as like how innocent he was, but uh, it, I I didn't get through the whole thing because it wasn't compelling. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, you saw you saw Evil Genius. That one was, that was really good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that Remember was that, a good one. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> well, our, our justice system, the way it's designed, it was it was designed to be as fair as possible, but nothing's ever perfect. Well, th- yeah. this is what I liked about this making the murder is they really get into uh, for someone like me who doesn't doesn't fully I don't fully understand how appeals work, the process they have to go sure. through. So they actually, it's kind of cool. Like in the documentary, they'll be talking about something and then they'll, it'll go up to a flow chart and explain oh, okay. what, like how, how, how the process that they yeah. have to go through in order to get this even appealed and then mm-hmm. who it sees. And like, so I found that, that I found it interesting for that part too, just for the, mm-hmm. cause I'm not, I'm not fully up and up on exactly 
how this how the judicial system works and how a case could even potentially get overturned. It's or, it's, it's it's flawed because humans are flawed. But oh, it's, it's, they, they tried to make it in a way that makes it as fair as as possible. Um, but there's always they, mistakes. They, and this, they get into something, and you'll know more about this, Sal. Probably in uh, Clinton got this uh, passed, and this is part of what's fucking the making the murder story is uh, with Brendan or the kid is. So when somebody gets sentenced or uh, put up for like you know murder or terrorism or something like that, it will it could be they can keep appealing the process, and it could really drag out their death sentence for eight years. Yeah. And so in 1996, Clinton had uh, had got wrote this act to expedite that situation, and it was because of the um, Oklahoma bombing. Oh, to get his ass and yeah, executed. to get, get his ass executed. And our system in the, before that had always set it up to, to in favor of hey, we want to make sure before we murder somebody yep, they're that really guilty. They're really guilty. We've exhausted all resources, but <clears throat> because that happened to us, one of the great, one of the uh, biggest tragedies in U.S. history as far as the total amount of deaths of uh, terrorism. Yeah, it was a domestic terrorist attack. Yeah, Terrible. it was one of the b- biggest ever, right? And because everybody was so angry and they wanted fucking, you know, they wanted him executed, they actually created an yeah. act of it. Which this, this is why I'm, I'm, this is the reason why I'm opposed to the death sentence. It, it, when I tell people, they're like, oh, you know, what if somebody did something to your family? This, well, obviously, the, my emotions, if, if something happened to my family, I knew who it was, I'd want to kill them with my own bare hands. But the reason why I'm opposed to the death sentence is because we're not 100% right on anything. And there's if there's a tiny, tiny, tiny percent that we could screw up and kill someone who was innocent, which we have, we've got. There's many cases where it's been proven that we executed someone afterwards. DNA evidence came back to show that they were innocent. Yeah, that's fucked up. That is. Could you imagine being in that situation? That's fucked up. You know. You know what? It also got my wheels turning on too. Is I've never really looked up. Doug, I would love to see this stat. How many people do we have imprisoned in the United States? Oh, we, the the largest uh, prison population in the world, both uh, in, in per capita for sure. We have the largest by far. Huge, huge prison population. Yeah, it's I, massive. And I just kind of thought, like, if you were like an alien that landed on this place, and or you were like looking at a bird's eye view, and you would see us all these animals running around, and then we've when we have these in every almost city, every major city, we have these giant massive cages yeah. that we've caged ourselves in. It's like. You know, wow! How broken is this system that you know we we find someone guilty and then our way of handling it is throwing them in prison for twenty, thirty, however many years instead of actually trying to to get to the root cause of solving what causes us to act out or do these types of There's things. There's a couple different uh, approaches to to prison. One is as a deterrent. So wow. I'll say over two million people. Two million people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fuck ton of people, yeah, man, yeah, that are yeah. locked up in cages yeah, everywhere. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah, it, there's there's a couple ways of looking at it. One is as a deterrent. So we, we use it as a deterrent to prevent people from doing crimes. The other is it's a punishment. So when you're in there, it sucks. And so you when you come out, you don't want to do it again. And then the third is rehab. They go in and because they're going to come out at some point, we want them to be better people. Yeah. Our current system is really they predi- did not put emphasis on that last. No, time. no, it's predicated on uh, punishment and uh, and deterrent. Fear. And, then, and yeah, and then what we do with it? We're which, not giving any of them jobs. No, and the and the biggest uh, problem with the, our prison system is that, especially with the war on drugs, where when we got real hard on the war on drugs, we started coming out with these minimum sentencing laws, 
where, for example, this may not be a law, but this is similar to some laws in certain states. Let's say you get caught with more than one gram of cocaine or one gram of, of crack. Uh, it's a minimum five years. has to be a minimum five years in jail. And so we started treating certain crimes this way, and it just flooded the prison system. And then what happens is, fine, you, go, you get caught with crack cocaine, and you're in a state that says, you know, if you have more than a certain amount, it's a minimum five years. You're in there for five years. You come out. Uh, now it's on your record. You can't get a job. Uh, you have a felony. Um, no skills. What's the viable alternative to take care of yourself? Sell drugs. Right. So now you're back in the in the whole the whole thing. So definitely should be looked at and and, and revamped because you're right, Adam. There's something wrong. We've got two million, over two million people. Yeah, in, that's in a prison. lot, dude. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking people. It it be, and it'd be really interesting to see of that percentage. How many of these people, you know, and, and how much money one that costs to do that, right? I mm-hmm. imagine to feed them, to, to house them, and to manage the whole process has got to be expensive as fuck. And it's like if, the, if those funds were allocated in more of a, I don't know, productive way of therapy or getting to the root cause of what's going mm-hmm. on with these people or solving that. Like, I think what I think, one, op- one option that I always thought would be good and people would never support, but I don't know why, is why not allow companies to employ people in prison, pay them a very, very low price so the companies save money by employing right. them. Give them some purpose. While yeah, so they there. make it cheap. As well. Let's say, what's the federal minimum wage? Like seven something? Mm-hmm. So maybe they allow- Why not them- lower? It, it, yeah, why not allow them- Why to- not low? I mean, think about this. Like if, I, if I'm if i in, pr- like you throw, yeah, me, exactly. in, allow you throw me in jail for robbery, right? So I'm looking up there and I see robbery and drugs are two of the highest right up there. If if I'm in there and I and I robbed a bank or whatever the fuck I was doing to try and come up on money and I'm now de- there for 20 plus years or some crazy shit that they, they locked me up yeah. for. Even if it's five ta- five years. Yeah, like, whatever. You know, whatever. Like, and, but I have the option to like work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would rather work than sit in a cell. Well, that's cell. what I was going to say. What if it was a company that, you yeah. know, that makes something and they need, you know, labor that doesn't require tons of skill and they're like, okay, cool. We can employ people in prisons. We'll pay them four bucks an hour. We save money. Those people get skills because now they can say that they worked for five years for this company and they showed good whatever. Mm-hmm. But people would never do that because they'd sell it as, uh, oh, it's companies taking advantage of rather than giving opportunities, which I think is silly. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it's definitely, um, I think the war on drugs is the, one of the biggest problems. And we can see what we value more than anything. Like if you get caught counterfeiting money, your ass is going to jail for a long time. You molest the kid, you might not even go to jail if you get caught. And that's this. It just shows you the the value that we place on so certain backwards. things. It's all fucking weird. Yeah. And back like tax evasion, you're going to jail for a long fucking time if it's a if it's a big amount. Like you're mm-hmm. fucked. You know. You uh, you rob a house if you don't like in California. You break into a house and you steal less than a certain amount. And as long if they weren't home. It's not even a felon anymore. Even if you, and I think that's a big fucking deal. You break right. in someone's house, you're actually oh, going yeah. to jail. Right? You know what I mean? See, you Pretty try crazy. that back in the day, you just get shot. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Where know, now you yeah, shoot somebody nah. in your own house, you may go to jail. You may. Yeah. You may actually go to jail. <laughs> what yeah. the yeah. fuck? That's way more personal than not tax all, evasion. Not yeah. all states are like that, but some states are like that. I know in, in Texas, I think Texas, you get you break in someone's house, you're allowed to shoot them. Yeah. You're, if you get shot, that's your. That's, <laughs> it's your house. Yeah. No, fuck exa- off. Exactly. But I, I wanted to change gears because uh, you know one of the most common messages I get from people in DMs is how how people will typically ask me something along these lines like i i work out at home i don't have a lot of equipment or i have no equipment um what can i do how can i design a routine i still want to get fit i still want to get in shape and the reason why i want to answer this question is because when you look at the the fitness program market the most popular fitness programs by far are ones that 
people do at home. Right. And it's always been that way. Like right. the, it used to be back in the day, you watch a VHS and it's uh, Jane Fonda having you work out in front of your TV. Yeah. Even today, the most popular videos incorporate no equipment whatsoever. And it just goes to show that the, the, that there's a, a large segment of the population. One of the biggest objections or problems or, or challenges they have to working out is that they don't want to go to a gym. They don't have time. They don't have access. Dude, a better transition would have been the best deterrent would be to get jacked in your own house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I, I want to address, you know, some of the, I guess some of the challenges and how to overcome those and how you would put together an effective routine without having well, to go anywhere. Maybe a better place to start is, you know, there's a lot out there, right? And like, so how do you know what's good and what's not good for you? And what, what should a at home type of routine look like? I mean, something that if you haven't been listening to Mind Pump since the very beginning, every one of the programs that we have created has been a response to us talking talking shit about something in the space, right? Like that was kind of what propelled a lot of the stuff that we've done here is, you know, we've came on here and we've just continued to, you know, uh, share information and, and, and our experience and the things that we've noticed. And our, one of the things that we talked about very early on in the podcast was, you know, how many of us have had clients that, like you said, Sal, have had the VHS tapes or mm -hmm. were doing the P90Xs or doing the at-home type of training programs? And what did, what did we see wrong with them? I've had all of them laid down in front of me in front of a desk. Client come to me and say, yep. what do you think about this? I've been doing this or I'm going to do this or I have a friend that does this. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I that before that, I didn't have any real experience. I never was somebody who was like, oh, I want to buy this for myself. It was always because clients brought that brought it to me and wanted me to look over it and mm -hmm. then give my professional opinion. And what I had found was every one of these that just kept getting brought to me, I was like, man, these are really poorly put together. They're all based around this- Just burn calories. Hype, yeah. The irony, I mean, we've talked to death about like what is out there in terms of like, I'm going to a gym and I see this type of programming or there's CrossFit or there's Curves or there's a- Like we put the least amount of- uh, talk and time into like in-home training. And, and that's probably the biggest market that people uh, are aware of in terms of like, you know, just your general audience. Like they, they, they are more familiar with these types of program mm -hmm. than any of the rest on the right. internet. It, it, with working out, we've talked about this before, but I want to make this point uh, clear. When you're training, there's a couple different approaches to workouts. One is just to burn a lot of calories during the workout. And this is, by the way, it's a very basic, rudimentary, uh, primitive way of approaching exercise. Working out, yes, it does burn more calories than not working out while you're doing it. However, if you just approach exercise with the idea of just burning calories while you're doing it, you're going to screw yourself because what you it, it, it's very difficult to burn calories. It's very easy to eat calories. And over time, if all you do is try and burn more calories with your workouts, your body learns to adapt and it learns to become more efficient. And those work, those workouts become ineffective. Well, if you approach your workout with the idea of speeding up your metabolism and changing how your body burns calories, um, now you burn more calories all the time. And this is how we approach personal training. When someone mm -hmm. comes and trains with me, I can I can. It's easy to get someone to burn lots of calories. I could literally just tell someone do jumping jacks for an hour. Well, I'll be back. That was the point that I was going to interrupt you and make was that yeah. that when I was when I would respond to the clients that brought it to me because a lot of them would say, "Hey, my girlfriend or my my buddy got in great shape doing this program. So why do you think it's so bad?" It's like, I, no, it's not that it's so bad. It's just that it's overrated for mm -hmm. why they got those results. And what I mean by that is. 
I bet your friend could have seen just as good of results if they would have just got on cardio for one hour and did that. Like they're they're going to lose. I mean, if you're doing some plyometrics and body weight stuff, sure you're going to get get some carryover. Something benefit. Something is better than nothing, right? At the but, end of the day, but most of them are all geared towards the intensity piece mm-hmm. of you know supersetting and low rest periods and jumping around and moving circuits quick and circuits and mountain climbers and and running man and jumping jacks and you're doing all these things that elevate the heart rate so as a programmer if you're doing something and you're you're creating it very very simple and you want it to be effective meaning like I want these people to burn calories and potentially lose weight and I know that they're supposed to be some of them come with a diet right some of them mm-hmm. come with some which is not a lot of science put behind that either. It's just some calorie-restricted thing, which most diets are. Most diets, if you dive deep enough into them, the structure or the real success behind them is it's just a calorie-restricted diet. And anybody that goes on a significant calorie restriction from wherever they were, they're going to lose weight. And then mm-hmm. if you add in movement, and then if you add in high-intensity movement where they're having to burn a lot of calories, well, yeah, no shit over the course of the next one to three months – they're going to lose body fat, mm-hmm. no doubt. But what happens after four months and they, five months? Then they become months, very adapted to Their that. body adapts. Their body stops burning all those calories because that's what your body will do. It'll slow its metabolism down. One of the ways it does this is by paring down muscle. And now you're sitting in a position that sucks where you have to do these crazy intense workouts just to keep yourself where you're at. And they stop working. And they not only do they stop working, you start to slowly gain weight. Mm. This happens with people when they do these kind of workouts. The way you want to approach exercise is, how do I get my metabolism faster? And the way to do that is to build muscle. And the best way to do that is to treat it like you would treat a workout with weights. Uh, Traditional resistance type training to build muscle to tell your body to burn more calories. And you also can sculpt your body in a targeted way. That's the other good thing about resistance training is I can focus on specific parts of my body and sculpt them. And so step number one with your at-home workout is you want it to be a resistance training type workout classic strength training yes okay so this is a different topic than what what we see out there so what i mean by strength training is what they're not considering is proper rest periods and actually making sure that we're allocating our energy towards uh that specific type of energy output so uh that's why the programming is so important and to really be diligent about implementing that that rest period and and not just putting them all back to back to back to back because now what what are we telling the body we need to do we need to endure this and we and it's it's cardiovascular the entire workout that's a great point because sometimes i'll tell i'm sure you guys have had this with clients where i tell them okay you you need to rest a minute in between sets I'm like i don't need to rest a minute i can just go yeah, to the next you can do more yeah, of course the, the rest period isn't because you have to have it by the way the rest period is because what you're trying to do is you're trying to train a particular type of energy system in the body that burns very quickly and then needs some time to replenish. Now, why is that important? Well, if you train the type of energy system that promotes the building of muscle and strength and the faster metabolism, that's what you're going to get. If you train the energy system that requires more endurance, then that's what you're going to get. And if you continue to train endurance, you're not going to get the metabolism boosting effects of your of your workout. And then it really doesn't matter what exercises you're doing. You can go from exercise to exercise and you can haphazardly pick a bunch of different ones and it doesn't make a big difference. So you want to treat it like strength training. But one of the challenges with you know working out at home with strength training is there's no equipment. Mm-hmm. Like what do I do? And if I get to a certain strength, do I just sit here and do 
500 you know body weight squats like how do i get to the point where how do i advance my workout so that i'm still doing strength training without any weights and that's something else i want to touch upon because at some point a beginner who works out at home if they're consistent and they do do a good job like we're talking about within about 3 to 6 months they're going to be in a situation where they need more resistance where their body weight no longer sufficient for some exercises there's a couple things that i tell clients to do I'll use a squat as an example. Let's say you're doing bodyweight squats and you're a beginner, and if you do them controlled and slow with good form, you know, for the first three months, 10 to 15 reps or maybe even 20 reps is plenty. But now you get to the point where you need to do 30, 40, 50 reps, and it stops losing its effectiveness from a strength-building standpoint, from that metabolism-boosting standpoint. Well, one thing you could do is – there's two things, actually. You can either slow your squats down and make them harder that way, or – Squat with one leg. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, and you are challenging as fuck. Yeah. yeah, good luck now. Ch- now you're doing four reps. Right. You know what I mean? Very challenging. Yep. Start squatting with one leg, and what I'll tell a client to do sometimes is I'll tell them, rather than doing like a pistol squat, which is super super challenging, it's a hard transition, is to take uh, one uh, to squat on one leg, put one leg up, and then support yourself with your hands mm-hmm. on a chair or something. So you use as much oh, help a, as you need. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to progress intensity. And I think that um, that that's where like a good coach will be able to kind of show like progression and regression and, and really uh, dress that up for, for, for their client so they understand like even if it's body weight training, there's a way that we can intensify that exercise and make it more challenging to where – uh, you know, you are building and you're progressing forward in your strength. Yep, 90 minutes of traditional strength training, even done at home without equipment, or in the long term, in the medium term and in the long term, will give you better results than, you know, 30 to 60 minutes a day of high-intensity interval, you know, just calorie-burning type workouts. Now, in the short term, those calorie-burning workouts are going to give you fast results. But in the long term, they don't speed up your metabolism. The 90 minutes a week, okay, I'm not saying a day. I'm, t- I'm saying a week. So we're talking about three 30-minute workouts, or you can even put it in a, in a way where you do 15-minute workouts six days a week. But if it's traditional strength training, in the long term, you'll see your metabolism boost by 100, 200, 300, 500 calories a day, which 500 calories a day of burning that many more calories just by sitting there because you have a faster metabolism – that's a huge difference. That's, yeah. I mean, even half that is a big deal. I yeah. mean, just being able to eat 250 more calories a day is is significantly different for, I mean, a, a major, major increase for the average person. Now, you know, another big thing that we had to address when we're trying to, like, basically re-engineer what programs we've seen out there in terms of, like, what I could do at home with minimal equipment was... Uh, we well, we see a lot of plyometrics. We see a lot of really super intense type exercises, but there's no uh, prerequisites to that. There's no way to teach the body, uh, or, or you know, or how to build stability around the joints and how to go through that process properly uh, in order to you know progress into those really high intensity type moves. Yeah, I don't like plyometric exercises for most people at all, and I guarantee I tell, I'll tell you right now, the people who are working out at home. What percentage of them do you think should do fly that, And that's the that's the big problem I had. I mean, we I think we touched on this on a, a recent episode where I talked about, you know, I can count on one hand how many people I've taught. Like, oh, it was when we just talked about P ninety X and and, uh-huh. and and at home stuff. Someone asked a question about that, and I was like, I can count on one hand how many times I've taught ice skaters to somebody. 
And the ones that I have, most all of them were athletic as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's just not a movement that I would ever program for 99% of the people that I've ever trained. Yeah. And most certainly, like you said, Sal, for sure, the type of person that the at-home program appeals to, definitely not them. No. Like, it's you're not talking about the athlete who goes loves to go to the gym and has got great mechanics and has been training and super has, stable joints yeah, yeah. like no you're talking about the the stay at you know stay at home mom with two that's or th- even two or three kids the traveling businessman or woman that's got to go and those people are are not these super athletic super stable people no, that typically should be the, jumping around nope typically the hardcore fitness fanatics go to gyms and so that's where you'll see a small percentage that you can apply Something like plyometrics, but for the most part, the, the at-home workout, it, it, even in the total fitness population, we're talking about probably one percent. Uh, and I'm being conservative here, one percent maybe would benefit from really doing plyometrics. Everyone else, not only are not going to get any benefit from doing it, they don't have the right intention of, uh, of how to do it, yeah. so not getting any benefit from it anyway. And the risk injury is too high. Here's something that people should do if they work out at home and they don't have equipment. And I think everybody should do this, but especially if you don't have equipment. Tension, tension moves. Yes. Tension moves are are phenomenal because tension you can create it intrinsically. Mm-hmm. So like a good exercise example of something that you could do without any equipment that will give you a phenomenal mid-back workout is like a prone cobra. Mm-hmm. You do a po- a prone cobra properly with good tension and squeezing and intention do like six to ten reps of that you're sweating it's hard not only Those is, muscles are firing like not crazy. only is it hard but that that falls into the category of movements that are super underrated or done incorrectly like we talked about the other day on the podcast like i mean the the posterior chain so the backside all your muscles on the backside are so neglected mm-hmm. and what a great way to spend if you're going to be training at home you don't have a lot of equipment what an incredibly underrated movement that should be incorporated into all these at-home routines if you're really trying to benefit the average person, since we all know that almost everybody suffers from the forward head round, rounded shoulder syndrome. So doing something like that is going to have so much more carryover for their overall health and being, even though it's not flashy. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I'm a major advocate, but I'm glad you brought up muscular tension because um, it it is not something that is is advertised. It is not something that it's not a, lot, sexy. a lot of coaches. Yeah, it's not, and it's and I get it when you're watching videos or when you see people. Uh, yeah, what, what are they doing? What are they, they even doing? <laughs> you can't. It's a, literally it's a feel thing. Like you have to go through the process of like learning how to squeeze and tense uh, up your muscle muscles, and, and it, it carries over into now. I have more uh, that I can summon. I have more of a recruitment process, which then if I add load. Oh my God, like all the tools are there for me to better myself and be stronger. Yeah, I would say a good routine, if you did do 90 minutes of working out, which is not very much, uh, but you could do pretty well with that, would probably include like one or two mobility type movements, uh, mobility movements being those that help facilitate better movement. So like uh, like lizard with rotation. By the way, all the ones that we're mentioning right now, if you, if you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, you can go on our YouTube channel, uh, Mind Pump TV, and just look them up, and you'll you'll see that most of them we've we've actually done videos on. So like lizard with rotation is one, prone cobra is another one you can find on our channel. But like lizard with rotation, great mobility movement. Um, you know uh, what is the one that you do on the floor? Combat stretch. That's mm-hmm. another great uh, mobility movement. You know uh, scorpion. You know another great mobility movement. So you want to start probably with 
like one or two mobility movements. Then I would progress to uh, you know a couple tension movements. And tension movements are, you know, what those basically are is you get into a position and you're just creating this internal tension and holding a position. And sometimes you move slowly within that. So there, like there's another tension movement called um, uh, handcuffs. Um, what's the full name of handcuffs it? Handcuffs with rotation. Handcuffs with rotation. That's kind of a tension movement, mm-hmm. right? It's really slow. You're trying to control the position. You'll feel my uh, muscles firing that you've never felt before. It's really, really phenomenal. And then you finish off with just like an exercise per major muscle group. Uh, you know, like a here's a basic one, like a push-up variation for chest, and you know, some kind of a uh, some kind of a lunge or a squat, you know, type exercise. Maybe a, a position where you're doing more of your shoulders, so like a, a like a, a downward dog to plank, you know, back and forth type position. Maybe a core exercise. So you're doing like five, maybe five movements. Takes you about thirty minutes. You get a great fucking workout. Well, not only just a great workout, but the the positive benefits of what you're doing for your body. And I, I think I want to make it even more simple for people to understand, like what you're getting from something like tension. The, the feelings that my clients get when I teach tension movements, like the ones that you just rattled off, are the same feelings that they feel when they walk out of a, a, a chiropractor who's just realigned them or popped them oh, back. Oh, what a great, pump. great example. And so if you're if you're listening to this right now and, and you've been through a chiropractor and you know how amazing it feels when he gets you on the table and pops you back into place and you walk out of there and you're like, oh, God, I needed that. That's the same feeling that you get with tension wounds. Now, the only thing that's different is it's fucking 10 times better for you because Mm -hmm. when a chiropractor takes you and he pops you back into realignment, what ends up happening is you feel good because you're realigned. Now, when you do tension movements, you do the same thing, only you do it intrinsically and you teach the muscles that were causing you to be in this out of alignment to get realigned and you're teaching yourself to do that, which then sticks sticks and is going to carry over. So that same... Really, this is and this is all I really teach. So I have a class, and I don't know when the last time I've talked about this on the show if I ever if I ever have. But you know, I, I used to teach boot camps for a really long time, and what I have done is I've kept good relationships with a lot of these people, and they're like family to me now. And just a way of me giving back on Saturdays, I come in here when I'm in town, and I and I hold these classes that used to be my boot camp classes, but I hold them inside the studio now, and we don't do any boot camp. We do all tension type movements, all FRC, all LDOA type things, which are all in that kind of category of tension movements because all these people that I'm helping are 40, 50, 60 years old, and the things that I know are going to benefit, give them the most bang for their buck because I don't see them every single day. I don't have the time to train them. A lot of them are not going to the gym like they should be. A lot of them are not working out at home consistently like they should. So they have this one time every other week or every week that they get to see me, and I, I have formulated something that I go, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do – I could totally take them through a – rigorous workout where they are sweating and they're like, whoa, that was hard, Adam. And they burn a bunch of calories and and maybe that keeps them from, you know, putting on an extra pound of fat over the course of the next year or whatever like that. But what benefits am I really doing by doing that? They're they're getting far more benefits by me teaching them these tension movements that as soon as they get up and get out of them, they go, damn, dude, I feel way better. And then I explain to them like, these are things that you want to incorporate throughout your your day, your and, and all you, the time. And when you do this, you know one of the main motivations why people work out is to improve their the the way they look, improve it. You know, what we refer to as aesthetics. Okay, part of what makes you look better with aesthetics is you know getting leaner. So re- being relatively lean will make you look better. 
Having good balanced muscle development also tends to make you look better. But you know what else contributes heavily good to aesthetics? Posture. The way you hold your body. Yeah. And the way you hold your body naturally without thinking about it. So obviously if you stand up and you're aware and you're trying to stand a particular way, you can make yourself appear more confident and more healthy uh, and like you have better mobility. The problem is when you're relaxed and walking, not pay attention, your body falls into its natural posture. Mm -hmm. Well, these tension movements put you in these better positions and what ends up happening is you just look more aesthetic and it's funny it because creates like a natural brace it, it's funny because I'll, I'll have clients do this kind of stuff they don't lose any more weight they don't build a whole lot of muscle because it's kind of new in our you know we just started training and they'll come back and tell me stuff like well you know like three co-workers today look told me i look like i lost weight or three you know my, my husband tells me i look better or my wife says that i look like i mm -hmm. built more muscle i'm like well, you know, it's only been a month and maybe you built a little bit of muscle, whatever, but probably what's happening is you're holding yourself differently because we've kind of corrected your posture. So and this is something people don't realize. Like this, if you want to look better, how you hold yourself relaxed is part of what makes you look better. And why? Because it communicates signals to people that tells them you're confident, healthy, and you can move well. And these tension and mobility movements really, really do that. Right. Another point I want to make, uh, and this is an important one for people listening who are pretty hardcore with their training and go to the gym all the time, it's important that every once in a while you take time off from the gym. Now, now, why? Why is that a big deal? Well, it'll actually give you better results in the long run. They've done certain studies to that suggest that maybe every three months or so, taking a week or two weeks off, coming back to working out, actually ends up in better gains later on down the road. Part of that is it gives your body time to recover, probably resensitizes your body to the signals and stimulus you're getting from your workouts. Um, and there's a few other theories as to why this may happen. Now, the the best things that can happen, the, the best way to approach this is not to be totally sedentary and take time off, but still have be active. This is when I like to tell my hardcore you know clients and friends that work out all the time, hey, every once in a while, just do stuff at home. Instead of going to the gym, just do some workouts at home for a couple weeks, then go back to the gym. It'll take you about a week or two to get back to where you were, but then you'll find that you're going to pass it up. Yeah. This is an interesting thing to, to, to pay attention to. Well, really not only is the deloading uh, phase, like you do something like that, yeah, where you just you step away from from load for a while and really focus on that that intrinsic force output. And totally. Like, well, and that's why the, the whole muscular tension thing makes perfect sense. We talked a little bit about that with Sean Ray, which yeah. I thought was really fascinating. You're talking about somebody who is at the, the highest level of body sculpting and building muscle and even those guys are taking significant time after they get off stage and you I think I don't think a lot of people think that I think you see that body and that physique and you're like he must do two hours a day every single day no days off just and hammering it it's like no yeah. not if he knows what he's doing because it's it's not advantageous for him to be hammering his body all the time yeah I, I would have clients to love this this was like a fascinating to me when I when I first encountered this as a, early on as a trainer I'd have clients that were business professionals, men and women, and they'd go on these trips and, you know, they'd go and, and travel for two or three weeks. Like they'd go to China for, th for two weeks and then come back. And the hardcore ones who would train with me regularly would be like, oh man, I'm going to be in China. You know, I don't, I'm not going to be able to get to the gym, but I will have time to work out in my hotel room. Can you write me up a, a workout? And so I'd give them a workout that required no equipment or sometimes they bring bands or something like that, but very minimal equipment. Then they'd come back, and if they were consistent with their workouts while they were gone, within two or three workouts, not only were they back to where they were before, but they would surpass it. And it, it took me a while to piece this together and realize, wow, the change in how they were working out, the fact that they were doing stuff just with their body and focusing on tension actually contributed to the progress 
when we were back in the gym doing the hardcore kind of workouts. So this isn't just for the people who can't make it to the gym, the people who have no time, the people who don't have access to tons of equipment. This, what we're talking about, also is valuable to those of you who go consistently to the gym all the time and are super hardcore. You too can benefit from doing some of this stuff at home for like a week. And by the way, it's kind of nice to do that every once in a while. It's nice, nice and refreshing to be able to spend some time at home and not have to spend time driving to the gym back and forth and be able to do like a 30 to 45 minute workout at home just for a week. Watch what happens when you go back. It'll take you a few workouts uh, to get back to where you were before, but then you'll find that your body starts to respond even better. Now, you you wrote a, a blog about this, and in the blog, do you, you break down like how to get started and everything? So what I write in the blog is I write, I actually give uh, a workout. So, and this, this is something that we try to do in, at Mind Pump. Now, we do sell programs. That's one of the main ways that we monetize. Um, but we also give out a lot of free programs. And in this blog, I write, I literally write out uh, two workouts. One is three 30-minute workouts uh, that you do a week, so 90 minutes total that you do at home, require no equipment. The other one is the same kind of workouts but broken up into 15-minute, six-day-a-week uh, workouts. So same total time, 90 minutes. And the reason why I did that is in my experience when I've trained people who or worked with people who work out at home, it's like I can break it down into two categories. It's the people that want to work out three days a week and do 30 minutes, or it's the people that can do a little bit every single day. And so I was able to, to I wrote, basically you, have, you get two workouts for free if you, if you check out this blog. So oh, right on. We'll make Sweet. sure to link it in the, in the show notes. And then I know we're going to shoot also, you know, so by the time this goes live, we're going to shoot some videos. So there's also going to be demos that will be linked exactly. that, that will go with that. So exactly. That's awesome. Excellent. And we have other guides too, by the way, like we have guides on, you know, if, if you're like more advanced and you want to squat uh, more weight, like a pro, we have a guide on that. We have a guide on building your arms, flattening your midsection, working out your legs and your chest and a lot of different guides. You can find all those guides uh, at mindpumpfree.com. Uh, but the blog we just referred, that'll be in the show notes. Make sure you go check that out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>